What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. I am your host, Daniel Terry, and with me, as always, is Jonathan Beatty. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Any episode that I don't have to do all the heavy lifting and the editing and everything, it's it's always a welcome to, I guess, a vacation of sorts. Um, well, you still had to do the editing. I made that very difficult for you. Well, it wasn't so bad. I mean... I mean, that's kind of the fun thing is, like, you know, there's one thing it kind of gets a little redundant when it's like, okay, you and or I did the interview, then we're doing these intros, and then I'm editing the conversation, and then editing the outros, putting it all together. By the time, like, an episode comes out, like, yeah, I still listen to it just to make sure, like, as a training tool of, like, oh, I could have done this better. But by the time everyone's hearing it, I am so burnt out on the actual episode (laughs) that getting, you know, some of these from Dan where it's like, the process is fun because I get to hear a conversation where I have no idea where it's going. It basically is like exactly what you all are going to get, except for the fact that I will learn or I have learned sometimes where it's like, oh, this comes back later on. So I'm going to keep that in. But this doesn't come back. It just kind of goes nowhere. And let's go ahead and clean that up a little bit. And it's just a, a nice, fun way to kind of be really engaged in something. And there was actually some things in this that I, I missed the first pass through I did, just kind of leveling everything. But I was like, oh, that was kind of a cool uh, little side tangent you guys went on, especially the Zayo stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, so our, our, I don't think we even introduced our guest. Uh, we talked to, or I talked to, John Marino of the band Circle Back. He does their uh, growly, screamy vocals, and that's the only vocals that you're going to hear on the Circle Back album, which makes me very happy. Uh, this band's just awesome. I've been I've been obsessed with them for, for a couple of weeks now since their album dropped. It dropped the same day that the Tool album dropped. The what? And let's see. The Tool album is... What, what um, is this Tool record you speak of? Right, yeah, I know, right? I don't even remember what it's called. Like Fear Inoculum or some crap. Uh, you know, it's like an hour and a half long. I didn't have time to listen to it. Instead, I decided to listen to Circleback, which was, uh, which was which was like, I don't know, like 20-something minutes long, and it was straight-ahead hardcore and super to the point. And uh, that made me extremely happy. So, See, now I'm going to do something that like my wife always does when she says shit like that, where I'm going, hey, let's watch a movie. And she goes, oh, it's like an hour and a half. But let's go ahead and binge watch like a 12-episode season at 30, 30 minutes each. And it's like you realize we we could have watched several movies at this point. Yeah, totally. Well, I just, you know, I, I listened to the first few minutes of the Tool album, and I was like, oh, this is just such a waste of my time. And it's not even that I think that it's bad necessarily. It's just that, uh, you know, I, I'm... Anybody that knows me knows how much crap I have to listen to every week, like have to, like in order to keep all the planets going in a circle, you know, as far as my podcast go and stuff. So whenever it's just like, I'm just going to listen to this just because it's got to be something that's to the point and grabs my attention immediately. The tool record did not do that. I took it. I took one look at the runtime and I was like, I, I can't. I don't. I don't have time for this. So instead, I proceeded to listen to the Circle Back record like four times in a row in the same amount of time. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's kind of funny. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times. I, I just get so. Uh, I just feel like it's it's hard to get excited about new music at times, like without having to listen to it objectively to try to come up with some questions or to in rare instances you know and uh, doing discography discussion with you guys it kind of has now sort of become a job it's like you know booking concerts i can't go to shows without thinking about the financials and the numbers and everything at play at a show and it's kind of ruined it for me i mean the irony you know i did check out this record and, and it was really good 
But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I just got the new Refused record in our email. I'll probably, I think I've gotten two songs into that. And then I was like, no, eh, I'm going to listen to a podcast instead. Because I, I think there's something to be said more about finding a connection with the person and hearing the stories that inspire the record, inspire these songs. And I think that's something that you that you did really interestingly with this chat with, with John is instead of just kind of going like, yeah, so this record and I like it and blah, 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 let's break it down track by track and kind of give like an audio commentary on it. And I think that was kind of a refreshing take on it and I think will be something that will be valuable for fans of the band long term because you know like you said this isn't a band that a lot of people necessarily know of at this point yeah they were on as the story grows and you have been pumping them religiously no pun intended on your socials on discography discussion and so forth and it's one of those things that i think this is going to be a thing where maybe the album isn't necessarily a, it's a it's not a shower it's a grower and i think maybe this will be something that the fans will habitually keep finding and keep being able to get answers to something about the record that they maybe were thinking or didn't know. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and I think it seemed like such a generic thing to do, like just telling somebody, like, yeah, I think we're just going to take the album track by track. And, like, the first thing another podcaster will say to me is, oh, so you have nothing to talk to this dude about. You know, and it it, you know, it might have seemed that way, but um, John, first of all, is a super charismatic dude. And so he, he came in with a story to tell anyway, which which helped immensely and he had already done a pretty intense podcast on you know the band forming and, and all of the background information and all that but it really wasn't uh you know i didn't want to retread that ground i guess is what i'm trying to say i wanted to really get into it because i you know whenever i first checked out the record it wasn't for a podcast and it wasn't for it was literally just like oh hey my buddy brian likes this and a few of my other friends like it too um, I'll go ahead and check it out. And then, you know, I, I listened to it a few times and the record really grabbed me, which we'll get into in the interview that it, it kind of grabbed me in a way that I wasn't expecting because on the surface, you know, it just seems like another hardcore record. Like what's so, what's so special about this? And for me, it was just that it was super energetic and it kind of brought me back to a time when I first got into hardcore. It's not a throwback band by any means. Like they've got like that modern heaviness to them and, and that modern energy and everything. And, you know, the records actually don't sound like garbage anymore. Like even if, even if they're recorded on a smaller budget, you know? So like, I got all that, like it, it still blasts the speakers whenever I listen to it. So like you said, John, it's like people could come back, people could hear the circle back record a year from now and be like, Oh wow, this is really cool. And then if they're, if they're Googling it, they're going to find this podcast and then they can, they get the deep dive too. Absolutely. Well, I think that's as uh, good of a segue as any to get into your conversation with John from Circleback, and we will uh, circle back and talk to you after this. I have the pleasure this evening of speaking with John Marino of Circleback, vocalist for Circleback. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Dan. Thank you for having me on tonight. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be here. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I, uh, I, I it, it goes without saying if you've looked at my Facebook history that I have been um, absolutely digging your record, Terminus. 
and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of fanboy about it for a couple of minutes if that's okay. Maybe not minutes, but <laughs> please uh, do. Yeah, I, I really want you to do this. You're just gonna sit back in a chair with some lemonade and just you know. I already have my feet kicked up, so you're good. Just oh, go ahead. Perfect. So yeah, I was the first time I listened to Terminus. It was a nice day out. Actually, it was a Saturday morning, and I wasn't even supposed to be at work that day, but I, I took on an extra shift anyway. And I uh, I build garage doors for a living, uh, and. So it's, it's, it's a lot of exhausting physical work. And I was just like, I always listen to music whenever I work, but it had been a kind of a long time since I listened to anything that was like truly hardcore as, um, you know, all my, all my handles online and everything, it's all discuss metal, discuss metal, discuss metal. Um, so I listened to a lot of like really, really shred tastic stuff. I had the night before had listened to, um, the, as the story grows episode that you were on, um, talking about the band and the record. And I was like, you know what, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to just, I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to, you know, listen to the record. And it definitely like, I, I think I listened to it about four or five times because it's not, a, it's not a terribly long record. Um, yeah, I'm looking at U Tool, who their record was like an hour and a half long. Came out the same day, no less. Exactly. I definitely wasn't in the mood to listen to that, and I was just, I was just blown away, man, uh, with just a heavy, sincere, chaotic, dissonant hardcore, uh, which is just kind of a feeling that I really don't think I've had since I was like 19. And and that's, and I I appreciate you saying that because that's one of the things that we wanted to do with this album is to really get those emotions out there. And have people that are, you know, 15 years old and just getting into it. And the guys, you know, you know, in their 40s and 50s who have been around for a long time, um, they would get it as well and still feel the same passion. So I appreciate you saying that. And it like drummed up some of those feelings that you may have had, you know, whenever you had like a hardcore heyday. I know you're, you know, super metal right now, but um, when you had the opportunity to really, you know, because it was a weird it was a weird time. I mean, in the nineties, uh, when I really started, um, there was a lot of those bands that really invoked that passion out of people. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do with circle back is to really, you know, have that emotional connection with people. And I'm glad you picked up on that. I really appreciate that. Totally. And it was the, it was the energy too, that really, that really caught me off guard because like, there's a lot of heavy bands out there, right? I mean, everybody, anybody, anybody can pick up guitar and, and be heavy. You know, I, I think it takes a little bit more than that. Cause I, I used to, used to try to categorize what I thought extremity in music was. And the, what really came down to it for me, it wasn't crunch necessarily, um, I mean that does help, but you have to you have to pair it with with actual energy, and it's commendable that you guys have as much energy as you do, considering where you guys are at in life, which is a really nice way of saying you're old without saying that you're old. That's exactly right. <laughs> you are one hundred percent correct on that, and that's the thing. And it's funny whenever we play shows because we'll play with bands that you know these are kids do you know like college age kids, and you know I'm running around like a nut screaming in people's faces and they're just looking at me like what is this old guy doing like what is his deal like he's bringing it harder than we are and it's hilarious it's just it's one of those things that you know i don't the one thing with circle back now especially for me because you know i'm just i'm older than the rest of the guys in the band is i just don't know if this is going to be my last record so why not put all of my attention and all of my effort and all of the passion and all of the energy, like you were saying, into this record, because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So you better give it your best right now. And that's one of the things, you know, I hope to share with other people, like pretend like this is your last 
ditch effort and make sure that you do it the best you can do. So um, that's, that's the energy of Terminus and that's the energy of this record. And I, again, appreciate you really picking up on that. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the record a little bit. One of the things that I wanted to do was to not rehash the conversation that you had with Brian Patton on As the Story Grows, um, which is an episode that you guys should all go check out, um, which John gives the history of, of Circleback, how it came to be. You know, just a lot, of, a lot, there are a lot. There's a lot of cool stories and stuff in there that I don't want to just go in and repeat. Um, it's all there for you guys to listen to. So uh, I'll uh, I'll provide some kind of link whenever we post this episode so you guys can go back and check that out. But um, what I wanted to get, dig into a little bit was the, uh, well, not a little bit, the whole thing. Because, um, like I said, it's only seven songs. And I just wanted to start and kind of look uh, lyrically at the songs or just get any kind of... Um, just any kind of interesting tidbits about each track, like what what it's about, you know, and 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 how how you came to want to write a song about that. So I guess we'll just start with uh, start with track one, uh, Terminus. And by the way, I want to I want to thank you a million times over because whenever I first popped it on, I was like, oh, this is just going to be an intro track. And then after a few seconds, I was like, no, okay, it's an actual song <laughs> because I was I was so expecting you guys to do the hardcore thing to come in, do do do, and then just be like, circle back. And I was like, if he does that, I'm turning it off. <laughs> <laughs> what I can tell you is on our very first album, Circle Back, we basically took a, uh, we took a riff and we just made a, Oh, oh God, I, I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank right now. Uh, we took a Suicidal Tendencies, uh, we just ripped a Suicidal Tendencies song and did CB over it. So it was like the typical, like, ridiculous hardcore intro song. So we did do that, but that was on our very first album. But for this, for Terminus, um, yeah, it was a straight up, you know, kind of butt beater right in the very beginning. But the good thing about this song is, you know, it opens up with me saying, you know, this is the end. And it just so happened to be the end of a current era in my life. So, you know, being in the business world for, you know, years and years and years, and with one company in particular for a very long time, um, I was unfortunately placed into a situation where I had to take a voluntary severance because they were closing the location I was at. So, all those emotions and all those feelings and like the uncertainty that you go through um, when something is so familiar and then it kind of goes away overnight. Those were like all the, you know, I tried to pen the whole song around those feelings and what I went through and how I was feeling because like short of like the people I was working with at the time, no one from the outside really knew how it felt to be put in that position unless, you know, you were kind of like specifically placed in that, you know, exact situation. So I wanted to get it down. I wanted to get it on paper and that's how Terminus came to be. So, um, you know, whether this specific situation happened to the listener or not, I would, I would hope that any time that you had a major life change um, in, in whatever way, this is something you can go back and maybe take a listen to and kind of, you know, gain some hope from it, or at least experience the emotions that I went through and feel that you kind of not alone in this, um, when something major kind of goes down. So that's, that was terminus itself. Okay. That's cool. I, and I, I definitely got that off of it because, uh, I had dealt with a pretty, pretty serious 
situation, very similar situation myself um, last year, like in 2018, where I was working a job that was, um, it's kind of funny too, because whenever I look back at it now, I realize like how miserable I actually was doing, doing that work. But, um, it was, it was very soul sucking, but I remember, you know, that, that whole getting called into an office and having a conversation and then you're literally getting on the phone. I'm getting on the phone with my wife being like, well, um, we're gonna have to figure something out, you know? And, uh, yeah, that song definitely, I got, I definitely got that vibe, uh, especially just, just with the strong statement, this is the end. Yeah, no, I, I definitely felt that in the song. And I think that's, that's really what attracted me once I started getting into the lyrics. I mean, I got into the music first, but then, you know, digging into it, um, whenever I got home and reading the lyrics, I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, and I also had that insight from, from Brian's podcast of, you know, kind of, kind of that you'd come from the business world, which I found quite relatable as I, I did, I did a lot of like, put on my nice clothes and go into the office for years and years and years. Right. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. So yeah, right. Literally, <laughs> you know, moving, you know, moving from one era to the next, um, I'm still in the same world, which is, which is definitely interesting, but cool at the same time. Hey, you know, this money funds, you know, a lot of cool things that we can do with circle back. And, you know, I'm appreciative of, of, you know, having the means to be able to, you know, afford to like, we just, we're going to press our own vinyl. So we have the means to be able to do that and not have to rely on anybody. It's really, really cool. It's, you know, just one of life's things and, you know, health insurance is also really good too for my wife. So. <laughs> right. No and, doubt. You know, it's just, just what you have to do when you get older. So um, at least you're understanding and can appreciate that as well. Well, and how, how cool is that too? You know, if you look back to whenever, you know, you played in bands, uh, cause I can only assume you, you've probably played in bands since you were very young and, um, there's only one of them that I know of off the top of my head, but the, uh, the funny thing is, is that like, I remember back then, like we'd be at band practice and my buddy's amp would like blow up or something like, and, and just never having the funds to pull it all together. And it's, it's gotta be kind of cool now looking back on it, that if you have band related expenses or if you have, you know, if you have to buy new microphones or, or new, uh, a new PA system for a practice space or, you know, here's something, even having a space to practice, you know, um, that, that's, that's gotta be really cool kind of later in life, even though I know we tend to look back at the times when we were younger as like the best times to be doing this kind of stuff. It, yeah, when I was younger, I mean, it was, it was so much fun just because it was new and it was fresh and there was a lot of things going on, but you know, like you really had to rely on a lot of people, which is, which is completely fine, but you know, and we're not, you know, some, you know, bunch of rich guys at all, Well, no, I, yeah. um, but it's nice to know that if we need to, if we need to buy something or if we need to, you know, like get a, you know, someone's head replaced or, or even fixed for that matter, you know, we can do without, you know, asking our family for money or anything like that or starting a GoFundMe, starting a yeah. GoFundMe or, yeah. So it's, that's at least nice about it, but it's, it's definitely different than it was when I was younger, but I, I still appreciate it just as much as I did back then. Well, let's move on to the next track, which is Dare to Defy. Okay. So a little, little insight on this. Um, our guitar player, Nathan, is like super into like every show that is on the CW. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they have their like little dare to define, like their little like, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, 
I told I told him one day I was like, listen, man, I'm gonna write a song and it's gonna be called Dare to Defy, and it just became like a like a running joke. And then sure enough, this album came around. I'm totally gonna do it. So. <laughs> Again, not to make it completely cheesy or about the arrow or whatever, you know, shows that are on there. Um, I kind of took the lyrics um, in a direction where it's you being who you are in the face of resistance. So defy, you know, all the negativity and everything that's coming against you in your life, because sometimes we allow that to defeat ourselves. Um, but if you stay positive, you have the right attitude and, you know, you rely on the people that, you know, that will be there for you consistently, um, you can beat those odds. You can, you know, you can defy the odds. I mean, it's, it's part of the lyrics in the song. So I wrote dare to defy to be kind of like a, almost like a triumph, um, over, you know, negativity and, um, bad things that come, you know, in your life. And it's, it's something that I think everyone can relate to. We all have problems. We all have things going on um, every day. And it's just a song that, you know, you could put on and be like, okay, you know, I can get through this no matter what's going down. You know, this is something that'll help me get, help me kind of get through it. And if it's, if it's something that can help you personally get through it, then, you know, this makes this album completely worth it. You know, it's, I would appreciate that more than anything else. If one of these songs that I wrote just helps somebody get through a dark day. And, you know, if that's something that can help you, you know, I think that's probably makes it most worthwhile for me. Totally. And that's what I love about hardcore, like as a, as a genre is, is that sense of positivity and, and overcoming, you know, uh, and that, that's, that's one of the things that really reached out to me on this song was that, you know, especially here, and I, I keep having to bring it, you know, bring age into it, but like, especially at my age, like when, when something bad or terrible happens, it, it can still, even, even to this day, be very hard to not just uh, totally immerse yourself in it, you know, immerse yourself in the misery, uh, of the situation. Yeah, I agree. And, um, and, and I think, and, and I think sometimes whenever we reach out to other people, sometimes sometimes they can be toxic as well you know into that situation and so the lyrics that stood out to me the most on this song was just the truth can be found deep inside look in your heart find the strength from within find the truth from from within like it's one of those like that's that's all there inside of you at the end of the day no matter what happens to you you are still who you are and and that's exactly right and that's and that's what i want people to really you know dive into when it comes to this song in particular is, you know, it, the truth does come from within and you really have to make the, you make a conscious decision with yourself to, to help yourself overcome these problems. Cause you can't let things defeat you. Like you said, you know, it's very easy for people to succumb to just life and things that are going on. And like, I'll never be able to get out of this. You can get out of it. You can do it, but it's got to start with you. And if it starts with you, you can defy the odds. Totally. No, that was really cool too. I know. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I know I'm talking just as much as you are on each of these, <laughs> on each of these tracks, but, uh, no, I, it's I, completely fine. No, no, listen, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm, and I really like your take on this because it's good for me to see that there's somebody out there that has had the opportunity so far. Cause this album just came out on the 30th of August. Yeah. Who's had the opportunity to kind of digest the lyrics 
and you know listen to listen to the album a few times through and really you know get the meaning out of it so it's good to hear it kind of being talked back at me in a way sure um so you know i i can have an understanding that there are other people out there getting the same message that i'm trying to get across so that's good well what i love about it is that the record is so brief and only seven tracks i can listen to the album like four times in the time it takes me to install one garage door so (laughs) there's that (laughs) which is fantastic and that's one of the things i wanted to do too because you know i'm not going to try to write like a, a 13 or 14 song you know like ridiculous album because i really think that in this day and age and it it differs it it differs because a lot of people are going to hear me say this and be like no i listen to albums straight through yeah right i i don't listen to albums straight (laughs) through i'll listen to like a little bit of each song if it's awesome okay i'll keep going but i want to give the listener just enough that you're not like annoyed by circle back so by the seventh song you're like (laughs) okay this is awesome i want more i can't wait till they drop a new album not just put a bunch of filler songs at the end and then like, okay, well, you know, you know, 70% of this album was awesome, but the rest was crap. You know, what were they doing there? I'd rather just give you the hits, you know, just have all the hits at one time and then, you know, just be super psyched about it and, and excited for, you know, a potential new record down the road. Right. Yeah. And no, I mean, I, I appreciated that about it too, because, you know, with my other, with my other podcasts and what I do on there is I'll listen to a whole band's discography in like a week. And then at the end of the week, I'll do a podcast about it, and uh, that that okay. can get that can get really rough. Like whenever you have to listen to like ten Gorefest albums, or you know, like something like that, that. would be yeah, that would be torture for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. I don't like, think I have the, I have the capability to sit down and just do that, or like the wherewithal to to even bring that to the table. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you do that, and I'm sure there's like you know tons of people that like really are into that and they'll digest that. But that is just 100 percent not for me. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, it's it's entertaining to listen to, but it's not entertaining to do. Is is what I've found. Oh, no you doubt. Know. Yeah, because I'm putting my I'm putting my no, I'm sorry, I'm putting myself in your shoes and just like spending a week like listening to these albums, you know, back to back to back, and then trying to break them down and then talk about them. That's really tough to do, and I really give you a lot of credit for what you do. It, that's really cool, and I hope like everybody checks that podcast out. And this one as well, because it seems like you put a lot of time and effort into what you do, and I appreciate that. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. It's it, it is equally fun, but also equally work. And I never thought it would be that way, <laughs> but uh, right. <laughs> uh, but moving on, so we've got uh, track three, which is uh, Covalent Bonds. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. You did say it right. Yeah, and so Covalent Bonds is really about. Um, it's kind of like the more like generic, like hardcore friendly type song has a little, little bit of sing along in there. Um, but I really wrote this song about the other guys in the band. Um, cause really like, I wouldn't be able to do this without them because first off I have zero musical talent and I've mentioned this before and I will continue to mention this. Um, I really rely on them for so much and you know, the, the camaraderie that we have as a group right now is just unbelievable. I mean, we are really close knit. We have the opportunity to joke around with each other and be as loose and we can be ourselves. And so right by writing the song itself kind of just like expresses my gratitude to everybody else in the band and all the, you know, contributions that they make to the band itself. And um, it's just a really fun song and it's heavy and there's cool breakdowns. And it's like, 
has a little bit of like the personality of each member in the song. It's in the actual song itself. So taking that all together and kind of sandwiching that into, you know, one really, really cool song is just why I, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. I call this the hug your bros in the pit song. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, just let's have a good time. You know, let's not take everything so serious because really like a lot of the, the content on this album is really super deep and you know if you know anything about life you, you, there, there are times where you have to step away and just kind of regroup so covalent bonds the song itself is kind of like one of those where okay we got really really heavy with you know lyrical content now let's step away you know take a couple breaths and uh and just enjoy life for a little bit then we'll dive back into it so um i love covalent bonds i love i love playing it live and i love um you know, people like getting into it. You know, we just played the song recently and, and since the album came out, you know, a lot of people were into it and were singing along, especially on, you know, the truth, friendship, blood part. Um, it was really cool. A lot of people, you know, got into it and, you know, hopefully it's one of those, you know, have fun, sing along, hug your friends, just exactly what you just said. <laughs> totally. You get a beer in one hand on each side of the three guys. They're all hugging. You yeah. yeah. That's it. And that's all that really matters, you know? Absolutely. Well, and you know, one of the things I thought was cool uh, was that, you know, you've got you've got Dare to Defy, which is a which is a super positive song um, in, in itself. And, you know, something that I was talking about with that song was how sometimes whenever you're down in your misery, you can be exposed to toxic people that will just help you stay in your misery. And they may not necessarily be doing it on purpose, but they just maybe they don't know what to say or you know, or whatever, but like what, and what's great about covalent bonds coming in, um, after that song is that, you know, it shows that you can, you know, even though dare to defy, it's like, it's all within you, within you, within you. I think it was cool that covalent bonds kind of stresses the importance of, of having like real friendships, like not, not just people that you know, or people that you spend time with, but people that actually get you and actually care about what's best for you. And that's exactly right, because we we all have tons of acquaintances, but it's really the true friends that, you know, will be there for you no matter what is going on. And having, you know, a solid group of individuals surrounding you in in whatever capacity, you know, works for you is really what's going to help you, you know, kind of get through life. And it's one of the things that I've noticed throughout the years that, you know, friends do come and go and it's, it's unfortunate. Like I, I can, re- I can recall like four or five, like really, really good friends I had when I was younger that are, you know, nowhere to be found these days. And it's not a matter of just, you know, like we stopped being friends. It's just, you know, life kind of swept us away and it's, um, so you kind of have to adjust your circle as you go along in life. And that's one of the things that, you know, you're, your bonds, you know, can change, but, you know, as long as you have, you know, a solid group of people around you or at least a support system, um, you'll be good to go going forward. Agreed. Well, speaking of going forward, let's jump into Bounty Hunter, which uh, I discovered after reading the lyrics was not about Boba Fett, which I was a tad disappointed with. So whenever we, whenever we went into uh, the studio and then we sent the tracks over to Jamie King to have him um, mix and master, he sent them back and he put Dog the Bounty Hunter for the song. <laughs> and really, <laughs> so that was hilarious first. And then um, 
Nathan, our guitar player, he's like, you know, him and I are like really deep in Star Wars. So he thought I was going to write about Boba Fett, but I didn't. Um, so Bounty Hunter itself is really about what we were talking about before when we were discussing Covalent Bonds, um, some of the, you know, toxic influences and people that can come across in your life. And, and you know, sometimes people gravitate to those toxic people or, or toxic ways of thinking or, you know, different organizations or whatever. Um, Bounty Hunter is like kind of, you know, being that person in the shadows to kind of combat that type of behavior and those type of people um, because a lot of those teachings and then a lot of those types of people, you know, will really negatively affect not only you, but the people you're around for, you know, as long as you want that to go on. So um, I really wanted to call out that type of behavior and those type of people and, you know, and just show that you can go out there and you can make a difference and you can actually, you know, change the mindset of people. So that's kind of what Bounty Hunter was about. Well, and what was interesting to me about it was that, um, you know, you had, and I hadn't brought this up before, but, uh, you know, I was a, I was actually a big fan of yours uh, years ago. I didn't actually even know it, um, but I, I had a CD that you had, that you were in a band called Outcry uh, several years ago. Uh, it's a while back now, but uh, I was, was going to uh, say more than several years ago. It's been it's been a minute. Let's just <laughs> throw it throw it on there. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, outcry was what ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety nine. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what the CD says. Yeah. Uh, what was funny is uh, without cry, that was a very uh, more like religious based band, um, and you know I, what was interesting about a song like bounty hunter is the theme that i got from the old outcried record was more of like a a theme of like obedience um and it was it was very scriptural it was very you know um it, it was a christian hardcore band from 1999 you know what i mean so like it was all of that stuff right. um, and what i thought was really interesting about a song like bounty hunter is i i kind of feel like as far as that stuff goes, that a lot of the people, the line that stuck out to me the most was your closed mind will be your end. And I think, right. you know, whenever, whenever people discuss, you know, or throw out closed mindedness, uh, a lot of the time there's, um, a little bit of a, like the, some of the most closed minded people I know are religious people. Um, which isn't, it's not strictly religious people. I mean, sometimes it's, it's people that are super straight edge or <laughs> people that are super, uh, vegan right. or, or, or anybody that has like a, anybody that has their own convictions that they feel like vomiting those convictions out on somebody else. Um, and what I found really interesting no, I, about Bonnie Hunter was it, it's almost, it's funny knowing your history of, of singing for a Christian hardcore band. But then, you know, we come back, we're in 2019 and like, this is kind of where you're at now. And, um, I, I don't know. I found, I kind of found that refreshing because I have kind of a similar, uh, a similar mindset, like with those years specifically in mind, like 1999 versus 2019. Yeah. And I, I'm right there with you. And, and you know, what we did in outcry still has an impact on a lot of people to this day. You know, um, I have people that come up to me all the time and, you know, my gosh, I loved outcry. I love what you guys did. You know, it really you know, got me into X, Y, and Z, whatever they're doing to this day. And that's really, really cool. So I'll never disparage any of that. Um, for me personally going throughout life. Yeah. I've been kind of screwed over by a lot of people that kind of had that mi mindset and mentality. Um, there are a lot of good people out there that, you know, follow a certain, you know, religious base or, or anything like that. So 
Um, I, you know, I still have good friends to this day that are, you know, super faithful and all that. Um, but for me, you know, it's, I want to be able to recognize that, but at the same time, also be able to call out whenever there's just garbage and nonsense and, and, and like a, you know, like a weird herd mentality, um, with a lot of those groups and things like that. So I've, I've seen it kind of materialize over the years and, you know, I'm at a point now where I feel that I can make my decisions on my own and, you know, with having the background that I've had, you know, being in the church years ago and things like that, that, you know, I can make wise and sound decisions and also, you know, reach out to my friends and things like that. And if I needed to reach out to somebody, um, you know, you know, that, you know, a, a faith-based whatever. Um, so I have different avenues to do that. I think that's cool. It's just, you know, from 2000, you know, from 1999 to 2019, you know, I've seen and done a lot of things and, you know, where I'm at right now is where I feel I'm probably the most comfortable with myself. Um, I'm not forcing myself to be in a situation just because it's, you know, what I had to do or what I was forced to do. So, um, you know, I'm comfortable in my skin and I'm happy about who I am right now. And, you know, I, I, I was beyond appreciative of what I've done in the past and all the people that I have been involved in the different scenes that I've been in. Um, but right now being, you know, who I am in 2019, like I, I couldn't be happier. That's good to hear. I definitely, I definitely can relate to that a lot, you know, with a lot of the, a lot of the same situations and, and things like that. So I think that's what I thought was the most refreshing about Bounty Hunter was that like, it's not very often because like a lot of the albums that I listen to are made by kids, so to speak, you know, like made by right. people that are 10 years, 10 years, my junior, you know, or 15 years, my junior. And, uh, a lot of it, you know, can be, can be just like relationship stuff or, you know, and I, and I still listen to like tons of Christian bands too. Um, and some of those guys sure. are like super jealous or super zealous. And a lot of the times I'm like, how are you guys going to feel about that in like 10 years? Right. Right. And and that's one of those things because I mean, if you, and we'll, we'll talk about that this when we get to strive for justice. And I mean, if it's something you want to do then you know, go all the way and I have no problem with that. Um, it's, you know, that it's something we'll get when we talk, you know, for strive for justice, but, um, it's same as you, I still listen to a lot of Christian bands, you know, like I have no problem with, with that. I, the only thing I, I never have appreciated over the years is, you know, someone telling me what to do because, you know, they feel that this is like, if it's good for them, then it must be good for you. And that's not necessarily the case ever. Um, you know, if you believe this, then, you know, then, you know, you can regenerate someone's leg or something like that. Like, that's just, you know, that doesn't even make medical sense. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of that. And, you know, and you kind of have to, you know, you can have the, the entire basis of, of what that's all about and you can still believe in that, but also kind of have your own, you know, your own way too, because I think that's the, like the true way that that, you know, type of behavior is supposed to be all about. It's, it's having, you know, being rooted in, in, in your beliefs, but at the same time being able to, you know, help yourself make those decisions as well. And not, you know, well, because this person told me what to do, it's gotta be right. And that's not, you know, that doesn't, 
how well has that worked out for you? You know, you're, it, you're it, it has not worked out very well for me. Yeah, like I, I get correct. It. You know, so here we go. Well, uh, let's move on I, uh, to uh, RTS, which uh, does not stand for real time strategy. <laughs> which it should, and that would have been fantastic. You like command and conquer, things, yeah? Because <laughs> there are a lot of things in Circle Back that are like you know that we do that are either business related or 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 gamer related or sure. something like that because it's funny because what I want to happen eventually is some kid that's like 18 or 19 right now who goes to all the shows like super cool like hype kid that you know everybody you know high fives at the show and stuff like that when he or she is like I don't know mid 30s and they're you know they're like in their career job and they get on a conference call and someone goes, okay, we're going to circle back to that. They're going to be like, oh, my God, that's where they got that from. This is hilarious. <laughs> and they have, like, a whole new appreciation for what we're trying to do. So we're dropping these, like, Easter eggs into into our songs <laughs> and stuff now for, for people to, like, realize 10, 15 years from now. So and it's, you know, it's, there's a method to the madness. So that's <laughs> – it's one of those things I just want people to get into. But for – um RTS itself, um, it's, <laughs> we call it Richard II, um, and it has no historical like significance or anything like that. It just happened to be the second song that our guitar player Richard wrote. So we're like, all right, let's shorten it to RTS. But the lyrics are super, you know, emotional. Yeah. Um, this song in particular is about watching someone you know um, go through a hard time. In this particular instance, it was a, a, a mutual friend, I think, of everyone in the band um, who was going through like a really tough time. I don't know if everybody in the band knows this particular person. I don't want to say that, but they were going through a really, really tough time. And depression was kind of like, you know, consuming this person. And you can just see what was going on in this person's life. And, and he, like, it was just, it just tore this person down. So, um, you know, I, I talk about, you know, come misery and body your vessel. It's, it's like this person almost invited this just negative energy into their body. And you could just see that it just changed who they are and what they did and, and who they are as a person. And it was just like an ugly sight to see. Yeah. So Richard II kind of dealt with, you know, that transition and that type of uh, situation that, you know, that I, at least I personally witnessed. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty deep song and it kind of has that um, Zayo type vibe to it. You know, I kind of, you know, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. They so are my favorite band play of all time. <laughs> so I play with them, you know, like I, I, I've seen them about a hundred times. I think I've played with them about 75 times over the years. Um, it kind of had that vibe to it. So I wanted to kind of write like a Dan type of, you know, song to that, you know, because Outcry, I mean, we basically just ripped off Zayo, so that was completely fine. <laughs> For sure, yeah. So, you know, I'm, trying to bring that, I'm trying to bring that back, you know, 20 years later. Um, but it kind of had that vibe to it. And, and once, you know, once I started getting, you know, once we kind of completed the musical piece of, of Richard II, um, I really – you know, felt that vibe and kind of had that feeling that I would have if I was listening to a Zayo song. So I kind of, you know, kind of put that energy into it. And, and Richard II, you know, just had that vibe and, and it was a good topic and, you know, it just came out really well. I really like listening to Richard. I thought 
initially when we when we finished Richard II, I was like, oh, okay, it's cool, it's good, it's kind of different than the rest of the songs on the album, but it's one of the ones that I'll go to first every time I, I every time I pull up um, Terminus, just because not only is it unique, it's just it's just got it's a really cool song, so it kind of mixes in, you know, like some of that like kind of groove metal with a little bit of hardcore, like it's, it's different. And, you know, I hope everybody takes the time to appreciate that song in particular from the album. No, I agree. And and me being a massive Zayo fan, um, I've never played with Zayo, but I have seen them so many times. And uh, it's actually funny. They came to my hometown of St. Louis, uh, I guess about a month ago. And um, they hadn't been there in 13 years. So every time, every time that I had gone and seen Zayo before that, it had been out of state. So I would drive like five or six hours just to see them play, you know, whether it be Indianapolis or, or Nashville or, or wherever, you know, because I'm like right in the heart of the Midwest. So like I can kind of get anywhere, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, OK, yeah. And the one and the one thing they say about people from the Midwest, they just love to travel, which is good. We do. I, I do. And you it, just jump in the car and go. It's a lot of fun. It's getting a little bit harder. Um, I just had my fourth kid like a few days ago, so. You know, it's getting harder and harder, but, you know, my oldest is five years old, so, like, I mean, she's only, like, a couple of years away from going to a Zao show with me, you know? Right, right. And I'll tell you what, they'll probably still be doing it. I think they're the happiest, you know, to, not to make this a Zao podcast, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, I think where they're at in their career right now as a band, I think they're the happiest they've ever been because they're not tied down by anything. They're putting out stuff at will that they want to do. They have creative control over it. They're putting it out on, you know, their, you know, their label that they put together. So I, you know, like just seeing them not too long ago and talking to the guys, you know, it's, it's always good to catch up with them. They're like, you know, some of the best people ever. And they've always been cool to me. And I really appreciated that over the years. Um, they, um, they just seem happy and like, seem like to be doing the right thing. So, um, so they just played, you, you live in St. Louis, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so they were just there. So you, you can see it. It's almost like they just have the vibe where they're just a little bit more happy than they've ever been, at least in you know the past 10 years. Totally, man. Like um, I remember seeing them like a while back and them just seeming not miserable, but just not really like, like, you know, sometimes they'd be all on it and other days it's like, oh, God, it's just another show like that we have to get through, you know, and, and all that. But, like, yeah, when I saw them uh, – I mean, it might have helped a little bit that I bought them like eighty dollars worth of beer and brought it up to them uh, before. Okay. Yeah, so that that helped a lot, I think. Uh, but uh, the uh, the the cool thing was is they just seemed very happy on stage, um, very happy of, with with who they are, where they're at, um, the decisions that they're making. Like, and it's weird too. Like me being such a huge metal guy, like they're about to put out like a remix album. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. and like i'm that. totally stoked for it like how many bands like them could just do that well the good thing with them is they're doing things on their own terms and that's probably why it's making them so happy listen if you want to make you know if i was in the band and i was just okay let's make a remix album let's do it why not because you have creative control you don't have a label that's you know over your bag making you sell you know a certain amount of units to kind of stay alive and stay relevant they're doing, they're just having a good time. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with circle back as well. For example, like we, you know, we just got our test presses today for the, the, the terminus vinyl. So we're doing it on our own. We yeah, have, how many of those did you, get? you know, I'm, t- I'm, I, I'm taking a play, I'm taking a, you know, a, a page out of the Zayo playbook. Now that we're talking about them, 
to kind of like pave our own path, you know, sure. Our CD and, and tape kind of came out with a label that we know. So that was completely fine. But, you know, like kind of forging our own path is, it's kind of, I think, the wave of the future, and a lot of bands are going to start doing. Absolutely. Uh, what's interesting is that, like, with uh, – so I had no idea that, that RTS stood for Richard II, so that's that's good information uh, for me to have. But, yeah, I definitely I definitely got a huge Zayo vibe off of the lyrics especially. And, um, you know, in, in, my, in my playbook, that's like – you can't go wrong there, uh, <laughs> even a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> I got to pull from my influence. Uh, what was interesting about this song to me, though, was that like it, it, the the way I interpreted it was that it's about making a huge mistake in your own life. Like I like I took it personally because like we've we've all made mistakes, you know. We've we've all done things that we wish that we could take back, um, and, and that, that we wish that you know, um, like in a certain sense, I think like we learn from our mistakes. But in, in a less positive vein, we also sometimes our mistakes become us. Like we, we start feeling like we're defined by our mistakes. And, uh, so like the lyrics, a cut with a serrated edge, barring the marks of, or bearing the marks of you, the marks of you like that, that really stood out to me is like people that people that make mistakes tend to kind of wear those mistakes. And, and sometimes they start to feel like they're defined by them. And, um, and you know, like based on your explanation, I realize that's not necessarily what the intent was, but that's, that's what I pulled out of it. it. It brought me a little bit of peace, even though it's not like necessarily a super positive song by any means, but it was definitely, um, you know, whenever you hear something that you relate to, you kind of, uh, like, like for me personally, it's, uh, it's the fact that I quit doing music, you know, like, uh, I, I was active in music in like 2004, 2006, you know, and then I ended up just like dropping all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's always right. always something that I've that I've taken to heart and 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 hated about myself that I didn't that I didn't have the you know uh the gumption to keep going or or to stick with it or whatever. Uh, and so like to hear a song like that it was just it was incredibly honest. You know, it definitely like like that that's that's just what I got out of it. It it definitely made me feel like you know, okay, well, I'm not the only person that does this or takes a takes a personal mistake or what I would consider to be a personal failing and just kind of attaches it to their identity. No, and, and you're not far off from really where, you know, I was going with this. Although you found an opportunity to kind of equate it to your life itself. Right. The song itself is dealing with, you know, a person that, you know, is being hurt by somebody else. So whether you take it as, you know, and I, I kind of made the lyrics you know, in a way where you can kind of make your own interpretation of the song itself. Sure. Because although this was about somebody hurting someone else, it could be a situation or a mistake you've made or, or something that has gone on in your life. You could kind of pull it out and make it, you know, the good thing about this song itself is you can kind of make it your own. And I appreciate that, you know, you found your own interpretation of the song itself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I try to do that. Like I used to, I used to try to find like try to find whatever the real reason was, but ultimately I'm dissatisfied with that because the truth is is you're John Marino living in another state, living a different life, and I'm Dan Terry living in right. St. Louis, living my life. So it would be stupid for me to try to like totally understand it from your perspective. <laughs> you know? Sure. And and that's uh and, and yes, yeah, so, like I think it's cool to have lyrics that are open to interpretation. And, um, you know, to, to bring back the Zayo thing, just like one last time, um, uh, their lyrics have always been that way, which is, I think 
probably my my biggest enjoyment of that band is that I can kind of take what Dan says and apply it to my own life in, in a way that, you know, maybe it's not what he intended, but I, I get my own meaning out of it. And I agree 100%. And that's kind of the, the, the thought process with a lot of the lyrics that I do write is I want people to get something out of it. You know, there are a lot of bands, in a, in a, especially in hardcore, where it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, what the lyrics are, what they are, you know, and I kind of want to give kind of make, you know, our stuff a little bit more mature is kind of what we were talking about before and have people be able to gain their own interpretation from a lot of the lyrics. So um, at least you understand where I'm going with, you know, my lyrical mindset when I am, you know, you know, creating, you know, my part of, of circle back. Sure. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into track six, the next step. Okay. So the next step is a really, really, really personal song for me. Um, this song is dealing with an immediate, fe- uh, an immediate family member who has a severe mental illness. Um, this this member of of my family has been in and out of, of of institutions for a period of of thirty plus years. So, as a family member um, dealing with someone that 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 deals with the severity of this type of illness is very, very tough because it's the same story that plays out over and over and over again. Um, You know, treatment is, you know, the person goes for treatment and then you're back in the same circumstance exactly again. And you keep saying the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it's really the, it's really the mental strain that, you know, that's, that's, takes a toll on not only people's, you know, the, the person that's going through, you know, the tough time, which is obviously the worst part about this, but also the family's mental strain as well. And I know there's a lot of organizations out there that help with this, but I kind of wanted to put my experience on paper just to see if anybody, you know, if this hit home for anybody and um, maybe help them see them through a tough time when they, you, you know, they're in a situation as severe as this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things that I've, that I've dealt with in my life is, you know, having friends and family that, are, you know, like somewhat, somewhat suicidal or drug ad, drug addicted or, or something, something in that vein. And, you know, even, even I myself have gone through it with depression and, and how my family had to deal with me and in, in, in that situation, you know, um, and it it's it just sucks because you feel completely powerless you know when you're you're trying to help somebody and you think you've made headway like that's the worst feeling like when you think you've made headway only to realize like a day later that you didn't like you're you're just back to square one again and like it, it is the most defeating feeling uh that you can have because you're essentially and, powerless in the situation right in this particular yeah and and I agree 100% in this particular instance um, I talk about, you know, um, your best days are really your worst, but your worst days are really your best. Right. It's, it's the truth in this particular situation, because although you may be in a manic state and you think everything is great and, you know, everything can't go better, you're so far unbalanced at this point that everybody that's, you know, around you or, in, you know, caring for you, you know, needs to take you, you know, to see, you know, to seek immediate medical attention because, um, and, and it's tough because the, the person in this 
particular instance wants to feel better all the time. Right. But the person, if that person stops that, they start feeling better, but ultimately it's worse for them. So it's this weird conundrum and it's very scary and very, you know, it's, it's very draining. So I, you know, I've been kind of holding this in for so long and you know, I needed the opportunity to actually just put this on paper and I had the opportunity to put it on paper and it's good to kind of get it out there. And it's also good to know that there are a lot of people that, you know, go through a similar thing. Well, it not be to this extreme, but know someone who is dealing with maybe an addiction or something like you, you've talked about. And, you know, hopefully this will help them, you know, kind of see their way through it, or at least, you know, know that there's somebody out there that kind of shares the same experience. I think sometimes just that feeling of not being alone in a situation is enough for some people, you know, um, it will, it was for me and, and ultimately the way I was able to kind of come out of that situation, uh, for myself personally, but even, even dealing with it with, with friends and family, it can be, it can be so draining, you know, like just so, um, just emotionally, you know, and it, it's hard too because like you'll have something going on with somebody else in your life and you still have to live your life too. It can, it can be really hard whenever, whenever that experience just becomes so overwhelming and so consuming of your thoughts and your moods. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely pulled a lot out of that song, but you know, you guys definitely ended off pretty strong uh, with a strive for justice. Of course, yeah, Strive for Justice, and this is uh, our drummer Jared's favorite, favorite song. So um, Strive for Justice is really, you know, is what we've been, kind of like a theme of what we've been talking about. Um, But this one really, you know, dials in about, you know, if you are going to subscribe to something or if you're going to go out and, you know, say that I am this type of person, go all the way, you know, like – I just don't want anybody kind of like, and I apologize for, you know, half-assing it. Um, So if you're going to strive for justice or if you're going to strive for fill in the blank for whatever you're into, go all the way in. You know, don't just do it because, you know, you bought a shirt or you're, you know, or like everybody thinks it's like the cool thing to do now. Like believe in what you want to believe, you know, like I have a lot of, you know, a lot of people I know actually you know, take this to heart. You know, I do have friends that run animal sanctuaries and, and, and friends that, you know, like go out of their way to, you know, start rescues. I'm just, I'm taking animals for example, just because, you know, it's the first thing that popped to my head. And I know a lot of people that are like really into that type of, you know, into that type of movement. And that's completely cool, but it could be really anything, you know, you you take your job to the fullest, you know, show up on time and, 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 you know, be the best employee that you can be, or, you know, if you're, you know, you're straight edged and like completely fine, you know, like help people out, share the word, you know, talk about the, you know, whatever, you know, that drinking drugs are bad or, or anything like that. Like just be like who you are and also be, you know, go all the way into it, you know, and that's, that's the one thing, you know, I really talk about for strive for justice because, there are a lot of times where people just do it just to be cool. And I cannot subscribe to that. And I've seen that for years and years and years, especially in the hardcore scene. It's like, okay, this trend is cool now. Now this trend is cool now. It's like, you know, for me, like I've been down with the metal, you know, like metalcore and hardcore, like 
you know, since the, the early to mid nineties, like, right. you know, it's never changed. Like I, I don't try to fluctuate everything, you know, I will be who I am and I want to, you know, always like live the lifestyle that, you know, that I live because that's me. And it's not just because, you know, someone is, and again, this is going back to stuff we talked about before, because anybody's told me what to do, or this is the way it should be. No, it's because who I am, it's what I believe, and it's what I want to do. And, it, and if whatever your thing is, live it out, like be that person, because, you know, I really want someone to like fill in the blank when they're listening to the song, just fill in the blank. It could be anything. I brought up a couple examples that probably weren't the greatest examples, but I really want the listener to kind of fill in the blank on this. And it's okay. You will strive for whatever it is or whatever you want to be. But if you're going to do it, my ask for you would be to go out and do it to the fullest extent. Sure. Yeah. No. And I get what you're saying too. Like as far as trendiness goes, because you know, hardcore, especially you know, in the in the '90s, everybody was was straight edge, and then everybody was vegan, and then in the early 2000s, everybody was Christian for some reason, and uh, you know, like it was it right. was one of those things where like everything was just like jumped on a trend. But like those causes are not necessarily bad causes, and they deserve they deserve more than just being a trend that people follow. Yeah, and that's what and that's what scares me about a lot of that stuff because. You know, there is straight edge is a really, really good thing. Veganism yeah. is a even better thing, you know. But the thing is, don't just do it just because your friends are doing it. You know, you need to get behind. If it's really, you know, something that you want to subscribe to, then, you know, do your research and then, you know, actually help out organizations and things like that. There is nothing wrong with that. I think it's, you know, I just don't want people to go about and, and, and like be someone or, or, or try to live a lifestyle without, you know, doing the proper research and then, you know, going out and actually living that lifestyle as it's intended. So, um, you know, we talked about in the nineties that there was a lot of, you know, like how it just kind of progressed throughout, you know, in, in hardcore and it's still the same. We still have the same subsets and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, just my ask is, and a lot of people do this. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, like, most people that live a certain way are just doing it just because, because it's cool. I just want to reinforce the fact that please don't ever make anything in your life, you know, just because it's like the cool thing to do. You just need to follow along with that. And that should never be the case. And, you know, this is kind of more geared towards, you know, the younger type mind. Um, You know, I think, you know, you and I are kind of like set in our ways and said, and, you know, what we do, we always have, you know, the opportunity opportunity to grow and and learn and and expand our knowledge base as well. But, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, I really care for the people that we play these shows for, because a lot of them are are much younger than me, much younger than some guys in the band. And, you know, like I looked up to some of these bands when I was younger, you know, just for, you know, not necessarily what they were talking about, but like the example that they showed, you know, if they were really, really nice, it was like, okay, I'll always remember like talking to, you know, the guy from, you know, sick of it all, like, you know, in 1995, he was so nice to me, you know, and it's really, really cool. So it's, you know, setting the example and then, you know, having somebody to talk to and also living the, you know, the certain type of lifestyle that you want to be not just something that's on your t-shirt or something that, you know, looks cool, you know, on the, on the back of a, you know, of a record or something like that. It's, that's not the intent. The intent is to, you know, 
be what you want to be, but also go out and, and, and live it 100%. Totally, totally. And, like, that's the only way that, like, you're really going to ever have any res- get any respect from anybody, you know? Sure. I mean, respect's not any- everything, but, like, it, it's definitely um, one of the things, like, one of the things that I pulled out of this song, too, was um, there's a lyric where you say, I hear what you say, I hear what you say. But does your lack of action mean? But what does your lack of action mean at all? And what what I pull out of that too is not just necessarily a hardcore thing, but just like kind of kind of this um, idea behind like the thoughts and prayers mindset that that people have. Like you know, somebody somebody goes into a mall and guns down twenty people, and everybody's just like immediately like, oh, thoughts and prayers go out. You know, <laughs> like. And, and like I understand, right. I understand that we can't just become like our own like law enforcement like militia or whatever and go out and oh and, no, of and course stop not. bad no, guys. That's but not like, the right way to do that. No, no, but like you know, it is still like just saying like, oh, my thoughts and prayers are with these with these people. Like, are they though? Like, <laughs> and, and um, right, and and that's what that lyric really stood out to me. Even though like I know that the song itself was was more geared towards kind of the hardcore scene, or or just like the the like platforms in general, like people, people that have right. any kind of platform, like I've got a platform with a podcast and, and you've got a platform with a band, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. And like that, that lyric really like stood out to me as like the, the, the bold text lyric of the song was, but what does your lack of action mean at all? And that just, you know, oh my goodness. Like it, it just says it in a way that I couldn't articulate it. No, and you're exactly right, and that's exactly what I'm talking about in the, in this in this song because, you know, words are pretty empty, you know, without without action. So, yeah, although we can't help in every situation, we can at least, you know, find ways or, or ways to aid. You know, like okay, so, you know, a hurricane comes through. You know, I live on the coast. I'm in I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Say we get hit by a hurricane, you know. You're somebody in California telling me thoughts and prayers is not going to do anything for me. But if that person, you know, in California was like, okay, maybe I'll donate $10 to the Red Cross, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, there's a flat of water that gets delivered to a family in need, you know, that that's like doing your part, you know, so it's, sure. it's really, you know, putting a little like, you know, gusto behind, you know, the, you know, the action itself. So. Um, that's kind of where I'm going with this. And again, it's a, it's a good example of another song where really you can put your interpretation into it and you can kind of fill the blanks. And that's exactly, you know, like time and time again, is kind of what I'm going for lyrically with Circleback. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just, you know, and I don't, I don't do this too often. Like I don't, I don't give, I don't give bands like a super amount of praise because at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a music reviewer. You know what I mean? Like, and so whenever, whenever I say that this record truly affected me, it, it really did in, in a way that I wasn't expecting at all. I just thought like, well, it might have some good tunes on it, which is why I checked it out, you know? And, and I, I think part of it for me with two was, was the outcry connection because I, you know, I did, right. I, I really did like hope for the torn heart. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the way that record sounded like compared to now, maybe it doesn't sound that great to some people, but like for me, that was like, the level of extremity that I needed, you know, at that time. Now, don't don't misunderstand. I definitely didn't listen to that in 99. Like, by the time that yeah. record came out, I was probably, like, the band had probably been broken up for, like, five years. Okay. Well, it was, it was a good, it was, 
it was a good time, and everybody was kind of going for that sound at that point because they would drop the record in you know ninety seven or ninety eight Blood and Fire, and it was just like, you know, this is the best thing going, you know. And I was like, you know, young and impressionable, and I was like, I'm gonna make my vocals sound the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I, that too because like I've, I've graduated from that, and now you know I have like a you know my own voice and things like that. But um, it was awesome, and that band was just so much fun. Like I, I, I. I I loved being an outcry. I still love those guys to this day. They're all awesome people doing like seriously, like amazing things right now. Me too, um, man. That not beneath record, even though it's like a year old now is, and, oh my God. <laughs> Dan, yeah. Danny, Dan was just at my house, like, you know, last month, you know, he brought his wife and the kids down and we just hung out, you know, cause you know, I see him every time I go home when I go home to Cleveland. Um, and he actually helped out with terminus. He did some of the vocal processing on the album itself. So, um, you know, I tried to get, you know, because Dan and I originally started the band, you know, back in 2013 is kind of just a side project. So, you know, I, I, I want to make sure he's involved as much as possible, you know, even if it's from a distance. So it was cool to have, you know, a little bit of contribution from him on the record as well. Totally, totally. And I, I can hear that a little bit, you know, um, in, in, in some of the ideas presented musically. And, and, and I, guess, I guess where I'm going with all that is like a lot of, there, there's a lot of really popular bands out there now, like bands that bands that are good, you know, because you, I, I do truly believe that you, you can reach a certain level of pop- popularity just by being good. But there are a lot of hype bands out there. And I think sometimes a band like Circle Back is going to get lost in the mix. And the the entire point of this podcast and the entire point of me having you on was to what was to like really, you know, to dive into the idea of like, this is music, but it's music that actually means something. And it's music that actually has a purpose. And it's something that, you know, maybe you have to listen to this podcast to get that context. And, um, so I'm, I'm really glad that we live, you know, in a day and age where, you know, you can, you know, I can just call you on my laptop and we can talk about it, you know? Right. And that's fantastic because we did not have these opportunities years ago. I mean, we'd have to go to a radio station or college radio station to, you know, bang on doors, to even have the opportunity to do this. So from me to you, you know, Dan, I really appreciate, you know, you at least having this platform and, and, and taking the time to speak to me. I mean, my goodness, you had a guy from corn on last week. So, <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, having me on this week, like, it's, you know, who John, who? circle what it's cool it's cool though Uh, you know because there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that would never listen to corn you know true so it's yeah but i appreciate you having the platform i really do and having me on it really means a lot yeah absolutely man and um but yeah man this was definitely a a lot of fun and uh i will make sure to i'll make sure to post like links to all of the uh all of your socials and and all that stuff and And i i appreciate that it seems to be that there's a couple people that have already kind of saw your post and like oh i'm gonna check it out i'm gonna check it out and that's that's what means the most to me i think that i appreciate that the most and thank you for doing that you know that was really really cool of you to do that definitely uh definitely stay in touch man we'll uh we'll do a discography discussion or something here in the future and that would be awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you again, and, and congratulations on your new edition as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he's uh, he's upstairs right now, I think, chilling out. I haven't heard him crying yeah, sure. through the whole thing yet, so uh, that's uh, that's <laughs> definitely a good sign. So, All right, man. Well, you have yourself a good night, and uh, like I said, yeah, hit me up anytime, and we'll just chat. 
Cool. So, all right. Appreciate Have a good it, night. Thank you so much. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your night. Uh, you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And that was my chat with John Marino of Circle Back. It was a long one. I hope you guys made some popcorn before you started listening to it. I know that's what I do whenever I'm in a pot, whenever I'm listening to podcasts, especially in the car. I just pull over, get some popcorn and well, you don't have that airbag that has the popcorn that gets heat activated by the oil in your car? No, I keep telling you that you need to take your car in and have it looked at. But, oh, you that's know. a classic SNL skit. One of my favorites. Yeah, well, well, I'm sorry. I, I missed it. <laughs> that's like early, I think it was like 92, 95 era with like Will Ferrell. Like he gets into a car wreck and they open the car, like Jaws of Life, it, and it's just all this like movie popcorn all around <laughs> him. And he's just like eating it and it's like shows like a diagram of like, the heat from your oil, the heat from your car's engine heats up the popcorn and pops That's open hilarious. the bag, thus saving you and giving you a treat while you wait for the emergency vehicles to show up. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a it's a very stupid uh, thing. Sometimes I have a really weird frame of reference for stuff, but uh, it's it's a good time. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this chat. Like I said uh, in the intro, it's uh, it was kind of. Not what I was expecting at first, especially the way it kind of started off. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, Dan loves this record. Let's talk about it. Let's really get into the meat and potatoes of it all. And then Dan threw me a curveball and was like, well, let's break down the record track by track. Because, you know, you just did this podcast and so forth. And, and like I said, I think that was a, a really smart move. And, and I don't know how far in advance you had that plan, but it seemed it almost sounded like you just sprung it on him and yourself. Like, just like, oh, let's let, yeah, let's do this. If I'm looking through my through my Facebook messenger, I think I sprung this on him about three hours before we did the podcast. So I was I was kind of thinking because I was at work and I was trying to think of like good questions to ask and stuff. And I was like, I, I found myself retreading too much ground. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to just do the same interview with him again because that's number one, that's boring for him. And, you know, like Brian would be listening to it like, what the hell, guys? Like <laughs> <laughs> this stuff's are this stuff's already here. You know, like what do you, what did you guys do different that I didn't? You know. And so, yeah, I just wanted to have a little bit of a, of a different angle. And I might do something like that in the future. Um, you know, I, it's no secret that, you know, a lot of the times when we do these interviews, um, you know, John is more of the, um, I don't want to say the mainstream I- interviewer or or anything like that. But, like, we, we definitely have our own kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brand, I guess. So we're, whereas, you know, I'll, I'm always looking for these like underground hardcore bands to talk about or, or maybe, maybe they're bands that didn't get that popular that are, you know, really old, you know, and that was the interesting thing about, uh, about this conversation is that like, I've been listening to John Marino scream for years, uh, because he was in another band called Outcry that I listened to whenever I was younger and, uh, he his friends were or his friends in outcry had started a band called not beneath last year that i was well they started it before last year but i heard them last year and uh you know i I became really gaga over their music and uh i think we did a discography discussion with them and everything so like they were friends and then it's funny they were the ones the guys from not beneath they were like check out circle back and then brian was like check out circle back and i was kind of like all right well i've got at least I've got at least like ten ten people now that I respect that are telling me to check this band out. So um, even though I don't have time, I'm going to take the time, and uh, I'm really glad that I did. But to get back to my original point, I I definitely try to try to quote unquote break bands on the podcast, like get that interview that nobody else has with them. 
Whereas John's just got a little bit more like experience talking to people that are like bigger names. And so, uh, occasionally there's times where, uh, I feel like there's what I do, which is a little bit more casual and John gets to do like the, the stuff that gets people to actually check out the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, I think in light of our head episode, uh, kind of, I think the thing with that one, you know, like we had up, like, I feel like we've kind of taken a little bit of time off, uh, not dropping as many episodes in such a short amount of time, but I kind of think the, the nice thing too is like, you know, we came out with episode 200, then we did the uh, serpents episode and then we dropped the head episode, which was pretty big. You know, a lot of people were like, holy shit, you know, like, like, <laughs> you know, it's always funny when people who don't, I think, understand what the podcast is or, you know, I'm not saying head isn't a really great get, but I think we've had a lot of really great people on the show of, of varying levels of success and so forth and some really great episodes. But it's funny, like that was the one when everyone was like, oh, my God, man, like, yeah, your podcast is doing great. And it's like, oh, OK, like. When you get someone of that level, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, your show must be doing just tremendously because you have someone of that level. Um, You'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but it's just one of those things where you know I kind of wanted to let that episode breathe a little bit because you know I was it, it's been doing really well, so I just kind of was like, eh, just let this one keep going and see how it does, and one then we'll kind of you know buy some time for uh you know Dan with his new child and so forth, and kind of slowly get back into the the, the thing dropping two episodes a week but slowly catching up to uh, all the stuff that we've already had done and in the in the can but it uh this was a really great episode um looking forward to kind of seeing what happens with circle back you know they've been uh doing some gigs with uh the dudes in violent life violent death yeah i was gonna mention that in the interview we just didn't get around to it man i took up that guy's whole evening yeah you know i mean that's what happens when you start talking about zeo totally oh dude we talked about zeo i think even after i turned the recorder off for a while and then we've been texting about Zayo. Finally, we got we got onto beer, and we've just been texting back and forth about beer, which, again, is so on brand for us. But I think uh, I think me and John are gonna uh, get some uh, get some beer trades going here soon. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm not partaking in the uh, the spirits for a little bit here. You want to get into that? You want to explain why? Um. Well, I mean, I just turned uh, in the, the last time we talked. I turned thirty-five, and boy, did I put a good one on. Uh, two day, nice two day uh, celebration, and it has nothing to do with why I'm deciding to uh, not drink for about a month and a half. But uh, it's actually just a thing, you know. Like I'm gonna try to start eliminating some things out of my life uh, that I think, uh, you know, try to get healthier, starting to work out a little bit more, and just seems kind of counterproductive to, you know, drink porters and stouts. <laughs> Which then inevitably turns me into eating late night pizzas and so forth. Uh, you know when you're trying hmm. to trying to start eating better. So I just think uh, for a little bit. I know they always say that uh, some of the weight that goes the quickest is once you kind of detox and you lose some of the bloating from like the drinking a beer and so forth. So I'm gonna see if I can't get some uh, easy lbs off my body by just uh, seeing how that goes. And uh, so far, I mean, at this point, it's only been <laughs> it's only been two days uh, since my last drink. But it's a uh, you know. Before that, I think I it was about nine or ten, um, so just shy of like two weeks, and was one of those things where I just kind of felt a little bit better. Um, I didn't feel as uh, as bloated and just kind of whatever. So and drinking lots of water, but a lot of little little uh, changes. So like every week, I'm gonna try to cut something out. So this week, it's uh, starting with booze, and I think the thing as you get older, you just kind of want to be better. You want to be healthier and so forth and i think it's something everyone strives to do um i will definitely say that uh i love beer i mean as i'm already in two days into the uh, like yeah i'm not gonna drink until at least november and then scott bowling makes a post about uh 311 beer and one of them is the uh 
I'll be here a while. It's like an apricot something ale. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'll send you one. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, I mean, I probably shouldn't because I'm not going to drink it for a while. <laughs> and you're watching me on Skype right now throw back one after another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of these days, man, I'll get around to making uh, good life choices. But for right now, I've just got to make enough money to survive every month. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of making good life choices, though, let's go ahead and uh, end this episode. Where can everyone find uh, John or Circleback, guys? Yeah, so you can find Circleback at CirclebackHC on Facebook. They're also on Twitter at CirclebackHC. You can also find their website at www.CircleBackHC.com. You can find a copy of the record at CircleBackHC.BigCartel.com. And uh, you can also find them on Instagram at Instagram.com slash CircleBackHC. So if you can't get a hold of these guys, it's your fault. It's all your fault. And if you would like to keep up with everything this podcast, you can find us simply enough at Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Pod. Check out our YouTube channel that we were talking about earlier. Sometimes uh, we have video interviews that we do. Uh, you can go over there and check those out, like the one we did with... Uh, Ryan Clark of Demon Hunter. Oh, yeah. If you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, you can check out The Bean Bastard over at TheBeanBastard.com. Facebook and Instagram are The Bean Bastard. And if you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them at MetalNexus.net, Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at Metal.Nexus, and Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, we will talk to you all next time.